0: Scrutinizing it closely. "'Please excuse me, here, Doctor.' "'Barbacetti walked to the other side of the drill-hall "'and pressed the hilt of his foil "'against the surface of a battered wooden table. "'He then hung a small iron weight from the tip "'and watched the metal blade bend. "'Its gentle curvature elicited an equivocal grunt "'from the watchful Italian. "'Is everything all right, signori?' Lieberman asked. Yes, I think so, Barbacetti replied. The Italian raised himself up, marched back, and warned his student. En garde! Immediately they were engaged, Lieberman's foil sliding along his opponent's blade until the handguards crashed together. The fencing-master pushed, and Lieberman was thrown back. He landed awkwardly, but was nevertheless able to execute an impressive flying parry. Barbasetti disengaged. Much better. Lieberman noticed that the button at the end of his foil was trembling. He was feeling tired. After his lesson, he would have coffee and croissants in the little coffee-house close to the Anatomical Institute. He would need something in his stomach to keep him going. On garde, Barbasetti barked again. The Italian had noticed that his student's mind had begun to wander. Lieberman was astonished by the fencing-master's insight. Again, their blades connected, and the plangent clatter of contending steel filled the hall. Lieberman thought that Signore Barbacetti was tiring too. His pace had slackened slightly, and his movements were less balletic. The Italian deflected Lieberman's lunge, but failed to resume his guard. Observing the exposed chest-protector, Lieberman recognized a rare opportunity. Excited by the prospect of victory, he raised his foil, ready to strike. But the blow was never delivered. His body froze, paralyzed by the inexplicable pressure that he felt against his heart. Dropping his gaze, he contemplated the tip of Signore Barbacetti's foil, which had found its home precisely above the intercostal space Separating ribs five and six. Barbacetti pushed, and the cold steel curved upwards. I don't understand, said Lieberman. You were not concentrating, Herr Doctor, said the Italian. Such an error would certainly lose your competition, and of course, in some circumstances, your life. Barbacetti lowered his foil and then raised it in salute. Lieberman returned the gesture politely. In spite of the fencing-master's dramatic declaration, the young doctor was ashamed to find that he was still thinking of the little coffee-house near the Anatomical Institute, crisp flakes of buttery pastry, a pot of plum jam, and a cup of very strong black coffee. Chapter 2 Detective Inspector Oscar Reinhardt followed a path that led upwards through wooded parkland. He glanced over his left shoulder and saw part of the Schoenbrunn Palace through the trees. It was a bright, cold morning, and the rotting leaves were crisp with ice. They made a satisfying crunch beneath his boots. Reinhardt had not been to the zoo in years. As he progressed... He was reminded of the time when his daughters were very little, a time when he had been a frequent visitor. He remembered Mitzi's eyes widening at the approach of a lion and Teresa laughing at the chattering monkeys. The memories flooded back, happy memories as bright and colourful as a picture book. Reinhardt smiled inwardly, but his recollections were shadowed with guilt and regret. Being a detective inspector was encroaching more and more on his personal life. If he wasn't investigating, there was always the paperwork, the endless form-filling and report-writing. How could he possibly find time to take his daughters to the zoo? A cast-iron gate loomed ahead. As he approached, he recognised the spindly, wide-spaced gold lettering that curved over the archway, Tiergarten. Beneath it stood a stout man in a